0: Imagine a scenario where when the markets have dropped like they have so far in 2022, there was a way, there were signals, there were signs, there was some form of an indicator that would tell you when the markets have bottomed out. You get the, the, the peak, you go down, and of course, wouldn't we all love to buy low and sell high when the markets have dropped? So far, the year has been pretty, pretty tough, but the last 30 days or so have given us a bit of fresh air when we look at the major North American indices, we see some pretty strong gains. Now we have to keep in perspective that this comes on the heels of a pretty brutal 2022 so far with all of the major indices still sitting in negative territory quite strongly. The question that we have to ask is have we seen the worst? When we've seen this recent uh, bump up, the recent recovery here so far over the last four weeks or so, does that mean that we've seen the bottom? Is it going to be uphill from there, wouldn't it be nice to know? In this video today, I'm going to look at six signals, six signs that will help us manage to determine whether we're in fact at the bottom, or at least give us a better indication of whether that might be the case. Caution here, never ever look at one signal or one chart or one indicator and make a decision uh, based on that. We all from time to time would suffer from what's called confirmation bias, where we have a an opinion, or we have a feeling, uh, we have something that we want to have happen, we want it to be true. So if we find even the faintest hope to confirm or to verify or to support our case, we're gonna make decisions based on that. When you're looking at what we're gonna cover today, things like signals and and indicators, you always have to look for what I would say is a convergence. You have to look for an aggregate of signals. So you're not looking only at one thing. Uh, Let's look at these six signals that I'm gonna talk about today, and hopefully they will help you Uh, manage your portfolio a little bit better. We're gonna start signal number one, which is the yield curve. Now there are a lot of different types of yield curves. One of the most common that we use to measure the economy or where we're at is the 10 to two. So the 10 year treasury and the two-year treasury. And this is what's known as a leading indicator. If we look back over history, this yield curve, or more specifically, when the yield curve inverts, which means that the short-term rates are actually longer or higher than the long-term rates, uh, it has served us, it has served as a leading indicator to predict future recessions. When we look back, for example, at the credit crisis, so not that long ago, the yield curve itself, which shows here on the orange line, went negative December of 2005. You can see that it sort of treaded water, but mostly in negative territory, right through till about mid or so 2007. And you can see that during that entire time, the TSX, which is the blue line here, continued to climb till it peaked out, probably sort of late 2007-ish, as you can see by this chart. As is so often the case here, this inverted yield curve that we saw for that quite a long time period, It was a precursor to, of course, the Great Recession. Anytime you see a recession, you're going to see a sharp decline in the major indices. And that is exactly what we saw here. So how would we use that to determine whether we have seen the bottom now? For example, whether the last month or so of gains is just the start of more to come. When we look at where we are today on the yield curve, we can see that the yield curve inverted very, very briefly back in April of this year, recovered into positive territory. But in the last little while, we've really seen a much steeper uh, inversion in the yield curve here. Again, if we look at, if this is an indicator that we are going into a recession at some point in the future, and of course there's lots of people who are predicting um, at some point in the next year, two years, uh, right in line with that time frame, there that we would be slipping into a recession. So what does that mean from an investment perspective? Inevitably, if we do slide into a recession, the markets are going to dip, the markets are gonna come down, the markets are gonna perhaps crash. So it, when I look at the yield curve as an indicator, I see that there is an indication that there's more pain to come. Despite the fact that we've seen this, this blip up as part of maybe this longer term uh, slide, um, I would say if I'm looking specifically at the yield curve as an indicator, it tells me that there's um, there's more bad news to come because you know obviously we go into a recession, we're gonna see a further decline in the markets. So indicator number one says, no, we haven't seen the bottom of the markets yet despite these recent gains. The second indicator we look at today is moving averages. And very simply, moving averages is a trailing statistic. And what it does is it averages out things that have already happened. So it measures where the market has been relative to its average. And there's different types. You can use short term, long term, 200 days, is a very common metric. Essentially, when the markets are going up, you would expect that the markets themselves would trade above that moving average because it's lagging and if things are going up, the average is gonna eventually catch up with it. Conversely, when we're in a bear market and you're seeing the markets drop, you would see the market um, that would uh, perform below the 200-day moving average in this example here. I wanna start with the first example of uh, going way back to 1999, 2000-ish, with the tech rack. And if we look at the chart going back, all the way back to 1995 or so, we can see the blue line is the S&P 500. The orange line is in fact, this 200 day moving average of that index. You can see for the majority of that time, with a couple of exceptions, the index trades above the 200 day moving average. And that's what you would expect for it to happen in a bull market. Now, sometime late in 2000, you can see here where that turned. And there was a dip in the index. And in fact, it crossed below that 200-day moving average. Now, this in and of itself doesn't mean that you're going to see a drop. They go up and above all the time. But when you see a sustained move down below, that's when you can be into trouble. When we, in fact, we look at what happened here in 2000, this was the start of a lot of pain yet to come. We see the S&P 500 then remaining below that 200-day average for quite a period of time. We did see consolidation in 2002 going into 2003. And then you can see an inflection point here where the index crosses back above the 200 day moving average. And if that is sustained as it was here in this case, you now see a period of time where the we're now back into a bull market and you'll, you'll expect to see that continue. If we look at the credit crisis as an example, very much the same thing here. You see the index trading above the 200-day moving average, the orange line here. And then you'll see in about 2007, late 2007, you'll see that all change where we set, we have that crossover below. And then of course we have a very strong dip or a very strong downward movement in the S&P 500 in this case. Much like we saw back in the tech rack, we're gonna see a consolidation nearer the bottom. At some point we see that market bottom, things reverse. And then we get back to a point where we cross over that 200-day moving average to use this as an example here and we're back into more comfortable territory. Really important to note here that at least in my opinion, the 200 day moving average, the crossover above or below doesn't um, doesn't really mean we're going into um, either a bear market or a bull market. It certainly doesn't mean we've seen the bottom, but I use that more to confirm. And so it comes a little bit later. I uh, will see dips above and below all the time, but when you have that sustained move above or below, that's when I use, uh, that's when I can sort of have some confidence that that is acting more as a confirmation uh, of the the move above or below. Now, where are we today if we look at this moving average? We see back in January, where this current correction started, we see the index dip below the 200 day moving average. Now it kind of danced around for a little bit until about April, where it had a strong move beneath the moving average and it stayed there up until very, very recently. In fact, up until this most recent um, surge that we've seen in the market in the last month or so. So when we look at this indicator, this 200 day moving average, there's a bit of a mixed result here, or it's, it's a an unconfirmed. As I mentioned, I would like to see a sustained move. So have we now moved above the 200 day? We see on the chart here that we are in fact, we have in fact just over this past week, moved back up over that number. Uh, to be positive, I guess we could say that that could be the turning point. It could indicate that we're going back into a strong growth market. I'm a little bit uh, reticent to say at this point that we're at that point, it might be a little bit too early, But um, at the same time, you never know, only time, only hindsight will tell. But this is um, an indicator here. So for our second indicator, our second result, I guess, the verdict is in and I would say this is a maybe um, yet to be confirmed. The third indicator, the third measurement I wanna use uh, for this evaluation today is what's called the VIX or the volatility index. And this measures market uncertainty. The higher this number goes, it indicates a higher level of fear, of uncertainty. It's often called the fear index of professional traders and if the VIX is running at a high number, it's often the precursor to what we would call capitulation or the markets are, you'll see when the markets are dropping, the VIX will spike up and the markets at some point have to get to the bottom and it often coincides with the higher the uncertainty, the higher the fear, the closer we are to the bottom. Now the average uh, for this VIX indicator is about 20 over the long term. And if we look here at the credit crisis, so we're going back again to that 2007, 2008, 2009 time period, you can see a clear spike up in the VIX and that corresponds with, of course, a sharp drop in the S&P 500. It also coincides, when we see that VIX peak, it also coincides or is very, very close to the bottom of that as well. Now, if we look forward a number of years and we're now looking at the COVID crisis, we see the VIX spike up in March, 2020, when nobody knew what was happening. We saw the markets take the corresponding uh, crash down in March of 2020. Well, then once that VIX hit the peak and turn, Just again, like we saw uh, in the previous example, we see the market then started to go up and we've had a very strong recovery since then. So as always, we're gonna take history, use it as a guide and apply it today. When we look at where we are today on the VIX, very interestingly, I think, but the VIX is trading today pretty much at exactly its long-term average of around 20. The VIX is at 19 and a half as I prepared this video for you today. So the result, when you look at this as a precursor or as a sign or as a clue, I would read this, and says that we have not seen the bottom market uh, yet. And I would say that only because we really, I think, need that spike. If we've had this strong correction, um, we need that spike up in uncertainty. So we may have had this recovery now, But um, this indicator at least, and the way I would would interpret it is say that we haven't seen the bottom yet, so prepare for a bumpy ride going forward. Now, the fourth indicator that I wanna look at today is jobless claims. The jobless claims metric tracks new applications for unemployment insurance or employment insurance. When that new application, this is the key to this metric, when the new applications falls for the first time since the bear market, that is a sign that we may be through the worst of it, that we may have seen or be close to seeing the bottom of the market. And again, I'm gonna go back to the credit crisis because this is such a great period for studying these types of things. If we look back to 2008, we can see clearly the orange line spiking up as we went into that great recession and almost exactly the same time when that number peaked out, when that metric peaked out, we see a corresponding bottom to the markets back in 2008. A very, very vivid example here of how that number can be somewhat of an indicator. And again, combined with a number of others might be giving us a clue. So most importantly to what we're talking about here today, um, where are we, where are we sitting today? Let's look at the current jobless claims numbers for today. And we can see that although there has been a a, a decline, obviously so far over the last year, when people have, you know, we've, we've been going through the recovery that we saw following the initial COVID shock, we don't see since January, which is the period of time we're looking at right now, we don't see a decline. And that's what we would expect to see here. In fact, we're seeing very recently an increase in the number of jobless claims. So when I look at this, uh, the result here of this metric says again, we have not seen the worst of it yet. We haven't seen the bottom because we haven't seen that drop um, in this for the first time since the bear market began. Number five, I wanna look at what's called the TED spread. So the TED spread measures basically the state of the global credit market. What it does is it measures the Euro Euro dollar futures contract versus a three month T-bill. The key to the TED is that the TED will narrow, the TED spread will narrow before the market hits the bottom. When we look at a chart here, just so you can understand how you chart spreads, the higher the number, the higher the level on the chart, that means it's a larger spread the lower is, the, is, a, is a either an equal or a negative spread. And we see that uh, examples, most recent, if we go back to 2007, 2008, we can see that really high spike as we went through the credit crisis, that will indicate that the spread was very high. If we zoom in on this time period, we can see that the latter part of 2008, now in hindsight, we can see that the TED spread peaked out. And if we go down to the bottom of this chart and we look a few months later, that's where we see market bottomed out in march of 2009 we see a very close connection between those two numbers there if we use the covid19 scare Um, as another example again we can see the ted peaking out at almost the same time in this case that the markets bottomed out again in march of 2020 so two examples where there's a very strong correlation between that ted is sort of peaking out and starting to come down Um, corresponding with the market bottom. If we look at where we are today, for the last number of months, that TED spread has traded in a range. So we don't see any strong movement either way. If we look at sort of the verdict that this indicator would be giving us, it would say that we have not seen the bottom yet. We would expect to see a sharp, significant, um, once time has passed, a clear indication that, that spread has narrowed. And I'm looking at this chart and I'm just not seeing that yet. So uh, the verdict from the TED spread is that we have not seen the bottom of the market yet. The sixth and final indicator I wanna throw out here as part of this overall package is what's called the Baltic Dry Index, it's BDI. And this measures the global demand for raw materials, for commodities, things that you would use um, when, you're, uh, when you're building the economy. And, Simply put, if the economy is growing, you would expect more use for these raw materials, for these commodities. So you're going to see that uh, BDI number increasing. When the market is in a bear market or we're in a recession, you see the opposite. You would see that BDI number uh, coming down. Now, the key to the BDI, to interpreting it, is that the BDI goes up before the market bottoms out. So you'll see that number going up before the market bottoms out. So there's a bit of a lag there. When we look at the credit crisis, again, as the example, the orange line here is that BDI. We can see that that was dropping along with you know, with the recession. Of course, there's gonna be less demand of these materials. So we see that corresponding drop there. Late 2008, again, this indicator dropped or to the bottom or it bottomed out. And then we saw it recovering right around the end of 2008. Now, of course, we know that in March of 2009, the S&P 500, and most major other indices also did bottom out, and we see a lag of a few months, but we see that correlation between the, the bottoming of that BDI indicator and the bottoming of the markets. If we look at what's been happening here year to date, very interesting chart. Back in late January, we did see a bottoming of that BDI, and then we saw an increase up until May or so, middle of May of this year. We at the same time saw the S&P 500 continuing to drop through till again, just very recently, four weeks or so ago. So this could be similar to what we saw back in the credit crisis where we saw the corresponding uh, bottoming of the BDI And then a few months later, we saw the markets increase. A little bit worried here. If we look back at the chart again, we'll see that there has not been a sustained growth, a sustained increase in that BDI, uh, suggesting that the demand really isn't there uh, for the sustained increase that we would expect to see. So we see this crossover of the S&P 500 going up while the BDI is going down. And it's a little bit unclear to me as to whether that would be a strong indicator or not. Uh, I would call this one a toss-up Um, Time will tell whether, I don't know how accurate this indicator has been, but at this point right now, I I don't think that we can draw any strong conclusions uh, of that. So when I look back and I think of the six metrics, the six signs that I've I've talked about today, uh, the yield curve is saying to me, at least, no, we have not seen the bottom yet. The moving averages, the 200-day moving average we looked at is kind of mixed. It's saying we're, you know, we're up there. Now, the question will be, will it be sustained? The volatility index, to me, a clear no. We haven't seen that yet. Jobless claims is saying no. That TED spread is saying no. We haven't seen the bottom. And again, we just looked at the BDI, and it's saying um, it's giving us mixed signals there. Four no's, two mixed. What is really striking to me, as you know, I'm trying to decide, um, have we seen the bottom yet? There are no yeses. There's nothing that's really clear there to me that shouts out and says. Yes, we've seen the market bottom, and like I said at the outset, no one indicator uh, will tell you what you need to know. But certainly, if we have three or four of these that are pointing up, pointing yes, that would be give me a lot more comfort for going into uh, you know committing more money to the markets. If in fact you know say you're managing your portfolios, I believe you can use these indicators to make adjustments to your portfolio. Most importantly, every time you're investing, regardless, be mentally prepared, uh, know what your plan is. Um, so you can manage your expectations and your portfolio accordingly. Today, the signs to me are not reassuring. Uh, We'll see. Uh, Time will tell uh, where we're at. I would remind you, we have our investing academy if you want to learn more about investing your own, managing your own DIY DIY portfolio in the first uh, link down below. I thank you so much for watching the video. I've enjoyed putting this together. Hope you learned something from it. And I do look forward to seeing you in the next video.